0: From our learning of the Defyaymi here in the virtual Hollywood tribal, we are on the top of Mem Amad Aleph, continuing on with discussions of Bishal and Hatmana based on the stories from the previous Mishnah. Uh, so, that, you know, actually wanted to know, thanks so much for Rabbi Shimon allowed you to uh, use this hot water from before Shabbos for bathing, etc. And we said, no, you're not allowed to do that. And that was, in fact, a a three-way mechleikas. the Gemara wanted to know, how do we know, Re- uh, Rebbe was Laza, um, how did we know that we're not uh, Makos? So the Gemara on the top line of Memum now says, michlala mai, michlala mai, If you learned it out from a diok, from a, from a rule, from an inference, you didn't hear it directly what the halacha is, so then how did you know? But uh, perhaps this rule that we said, who the halacha is like, it only a and that we go like the divrei hamachria, perhaps that only applies in a mishnah, but not in a brysa. So we still don't know who the halach is of the three opinions. Says the Gemara, amalei I in fact heard it explicitly. I didn't make it up from an alternative source. I didn't infer it from somewhere else. Says the Gemara, itmar, four lines down, mem amalala 48. Omar, uh, what about water that was heated up from before Shabbos? Can you use it for bathing? Rav says as long as you don't do it in a normal fashion, but rather you do it uh, limb by limb, you shouldn't have a problem with that. Uh, I'm just looking what I have a fancy Gemara. Okay, it just says lemachar amarav. Okay, it just puts in the word amairav. And Shmuel says a halacha, which we're much more familiar with, that in fact, even water, the problem is not with bathing, is not necessarily the heating up of the hot water for even if you had hot water from before Shabbos, you will not be able to wash your whole body, even with a shinoi, rather only your face, your hands and your feet. So as the Gemara may say, will ask a contradiction. Uh, in fact, we, we we should remember this a little bit from the beginning of Barachas. Chaman of Shabbos. <laughs> if you heated up water before Shabbos. Isn't that an explicit proof? Not like Rav. Rav said that that we answer does not apply to that uh, that we forbid, forbid a person from bathing. The whole body does not apply if they're doing it limb by limb. Uh, so it, In fact, it explicitly, that Mishnah states explicitly in Brachas that uh, you cannot you can only wash your hands, your face, etc Raglav. What we meant to say over there was in the same fashion as you wash your face and your hands and etc., but not that you are restricted to only washing your those three areas of your body. Tashama, slightly perhaps. Tashama, let's bring a proof. So we said, let's bring another Brisa, another source, which will tell you what the Halacha is. Not like Rav. Um, Not like Rav. So Rav will tell you that Brisa as well, does not mean to forbid washing your whole body, just you have to do it in the style that you would wash your face, your hands, and your uh, feet limb by limb. Tanya uh, Kavasei. So we couldn't disprove Rab, but we'll bring a price that supports Shmuel. Now Shmuel was the more stringent one. Shmuel said, in fact, like those first two Mishnahites. We in fact have an explicit brisa, which says very clearly, tells us very clearly, like Shemuel, that even Aver, Aver, you can never wash your whole body. Even Aver, Aver, even the limb by limb. Says the Gemara, Rabba Masila Lahai Shemaita, the Rab Bahai Lusha. Rabba actually had a different yersa in what Rav had originally stated. So this whole statement that we were trying to disprove Rav, who seemed to be very lenient, um that, uh, he said it a little bit differently. Uh, the Khaman Shah Mumair of Shabbos, if you heated up water from before Shabbos says Rabba that Rav held the macha, I'm a Rav, Rab held that the next day You can in fact bathe your entire body except for one limb. So it wasn't that he said you have to wash them limb by limb, but you also have to, or at at a minimum, you have to not wash your entire body. Kind of like as a zecher that today is not a regular bathing day. You cannot just bathe in a regular fashion. You must leave out one limb from being bathed. So the problem here again, we're dealing with hot water, with washing oneself off with hot water. But the problem here is nothing to do with bishol. It doesn't have to do with cooking. As all these brises keep mentioning, we're talking consistently about water that was already heated up from before Shabbos. Rather, it's a problem of washing on Shabbos, which we know that there was a gzera that they were uh, careful about, that the Chazal enacted gzera, as we had in um, the Gemara in brachts. And now we will try and disprove Rav according to Rabba's interpretation of Rav. Says so the Gemara uh, we ask to Yufta. we will disprove this possibility from the brysis that we already mentioned that you can only wash Yad of Yadavaragla and at the minimum it has to be in that manner but certainly not to say that Rav could allow you to wash your whole body, except for one limb, when that is actually exclusive, excluded pretty explicitly in the Rises. And therefore, Teyukta on Rabbah's interpretation of Rav. Says the Gemara, amle Reb Yasef La'abaye. rabba Mika Avid, to Rav? I don't know why Reb has to do this, but we know the halacha, we just disproved Rabbah's interpretation, leniency of Rabbah, that one may wash one's entire body except for one limb on Shabbos, even with hot water, as long as it was heated up from the day before. But what about Rabbah himself? Was he that lenient? I don't know why Rabbi Yisif was asking. Maybe what? No, it was Rabbah himself that make him. So Abayah said to him, what's your angle over here? What type of question is are you asking? Certainly, you know, he, 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 Rabo Once he was, he may have thought that that he was correct, but once he, uh, once he, um, once he heard that they disproved that train of thought in the base medrash, it's unconscionable to say, to think that he himself was uh, would be um, would be would go against. What he uh, what he heard in the base medrash. You can't you, you can't uh, you can have your own shita, and you can't get put in kheira maybe as long as nobody's pascaning against you in the majority. But you can't if you know that you were ruled against uh, against your opinion in the base medrash. You can't then go and still maintain your uh, kula. And that's perhaps what. We were asking about. So Abayah said to Abayis, "If it's 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 preposterous to think that he would have uh, he would have uh, done against what they ruled in the Beit Medjush, even though that was his original line of thought." It says the Gemara, "Dilma, Dilma Perhaps he didn't hear about the fact that his spar was refuted. It says Gemara, Abayah, kirav." Is, if if Rabba never heard that his what he said over in the name of Rav that it was refuted, then certainly he did go like Rav. In fact, because the halacha according to Raba was always whenever there's Rav Shmuel, Raba always followed Rav except for three halachas. Which three halachas was Raba? Asking like shmuel over Rab, matilin, the avatishmu, matilin me begat lebegat, to move tzitzis from one garment to another, um uh, me begat um adlikin miner liner, and to move one, uh, to move a, a candle to light one from the other, and the third K on Hanukkah, and the third case. So we use a Shamus, but Shmuel held you can actually light one light from the previous light. And the third case that he held like Shmuel over Rav, that you can drag, that Rub Shimon holds, you're allowed to drag a bench or a chair on, uh, through, the, through the grass on Shamus, that also he held like Shmuel over Rav. Uh, but otherwise, he only held like Rav. And if he didn't hear that Rav was disproved, then of course he probably was Mako. Says the Gemara, it's not a proof. Uh, perhaps we only, he only went by the Kulas of Rav, but not the Kulas. So we don't know it's possible that Rav himself actually did like Rav and was lenient to take a bath or a shower with hot water that was heated up before Shabbos um, Except for one whim, even though in the base Medrash it was taught The opposite of, the, of that Says the Gemara A bathhouse which the intake for the water, I guess, or the plumbing, everything was sealed uh, uh, over Shabbos and didn't heat up water on Shabbos. So then uh, you you can use it right away on Mutzi Shabbos. the, the drain if you plugged up I think it means the drain of the water or it means the drain of the steam but somehow it was not it was regulated not to work on Shabbos so then you don't have to it, we, we know that the water wasn't heated up in this bathhouse on Shabbos and you don't have to wait the they Yasa the amount of time that it would take to heat up um, I think it was steam that it was actually contained in that uh, they were able to close in the steam. However, in the case where uh, it was stuffed up before yamtiv, what about so then according to this first opinion since yamtiv is more lenient than Shabbos you can even enter and use the steam of the base of that was produced and rinsed with cold water in this bathhouse. I think that's, that was a normal usage. The steam everything uh, so let's see, Amr of Yehuda, of Amerats It's almost like in Yana de Yayba, you know, where we, uh, we have, at uh, the say, the night, in Yana Benebrak. and now Gemara here we come across a story that happened in Bnei Brak. I don't know how many Gemaras there are that talk about a story that happened in Bnei Brak. Shepika and Nikva of and that they, steam, they closed up the steam holes of the bathhouse before Yomtev. Next day on yamtif itself, they went in to the steam room, to the sauna, and then they rinsed themselves off in the outer room. However, uh, It seems like their particular bathhouse was uh, separate. The steam was separate from the place where you would immerse in the hot water. They put a machitza there, they covered it with wooden boards, and therefore you wouldn't come to actually bathe in the hot water on Shabbos, just to steam. So this would be the same if you had like a spa with a sauna in the same room as a jacuzzi. So we would say a lot of use the sauna, but not the jacuzzi, the steam you can use because it was stuffed in there from before Shabbos, before Yom Tov, but not the hot water. However, Shabbat HaDavah Lefnei Chacham Ram Rav HaBi Shein Chacham Shalai Muchuf and ben took this a uh, step further. And they said they were maybe very firm people, so they wanted to build this machit, so they covered up the hot water. But the Chacham said, Really, you can even go in there into the steam room, even though it's attached to a room where there's hot water. But of course, what happened next? Once, uh, once people took advantage and there was right next to the steam there was a full bubbling hot jacuzzi with water that was perhaps heated up on Yom Tip. so then already the Chacham said no now we have to crack down because people are actually using the bathhouse and not just the steam room um, this applied i think as a mostly in smaller places <inaudible> and if it was a bathhouse in a large city, it seems like there uh, you are allowed to go into them. Rashi says, it's a strange language because means to like take a stroll through it, almost parallel here on the right-hand margin. You can walk through it. So you can't sit there to Schwitz but it seems like people, either they took a shortcut through these bathhouses, I'm not sure, um, but you can go through, yeah, I guess they went to the parts of the bathhouse that were permitted to use on, sha- on Yom uh, perhaps to wash themselves off with cold water. So these are things that were permitted, therefore you're allowed to walk through the steam room and nobody will accuse you of going in after the Chachamim forbade it. Says the Gemara, you mentioned that we became stringent with regards to uh, steaming in a bathhouse because of the Oivre uh, Avera. My Oivre Avera, as the Gemara says, who are these people who are uh, committing sins that we have to make gezeiras?" Now it's always very unusual when you find that the Chacham come and place a restriction, they make some sort of gezerah, you have to realize this Gezeira, A, has to be something which the general Cahal needs, not just a few individuals. And B, that the people who are enacted to stop them from doing forbidden practices, that it's going to be effective. So who are these Oibre Aveira that we're uh, making? What, what's these, what are we afraid of that we have to come to be stringent with the bathhouse on... Uh, on Shabbos. Am I'm I'm It used to be that they would go into the bath which water which was heated up from before Shabbos. So of course when the chacham would come by, the vada kashos—not just food establishments needed a uh, hechsher, but the spas as well needed a hechsher. In fact, there were maybe the Rav Maksha would offer the hotel one, one discount price. You get the kitchen under the hechsher, and you get your spa under our hechsher, and we'll make sure it's the loycho shashchil Shabbos, and you'll be able to sell spa services that people just like the restaurants. You can prepay for the services and they could come in on Shabbos and we'll certify that the hot water and everything was cooked before Shabbos. But once they were ready, we started getting tricked. People were really, and people were really heating up the water on Shabbos and telling them that it was from before Shabbos. So then they said, then they said okay, you can steam, but you can't bathe. So people would still, the hotels or the spa, the bathhouse, where the Ravamasha would walk by Shabbos afternoon, he would say it's you're open for business as usual. He said, No, nah, nobody's going in the baths. They're just coming in here for the they're just coming in here for the steam. Therefore, says However, the hot springs, the hot natural springs of Tveria still remain permitted. And people come out freshly bathed and they would say, it's the winter time. Who's going to bathe now in the freezing cold? Say, no, no, we went to the hot springs of Tiberia. And really they were coming from all the spas around it, from the bathhouses around there. The only thing that remained left afterwards is just to take a cold to wash oneself off with uh, cold. Rosh saw that the Xeru was not one that the Tzibor could keep. And once you become too stringent, it's people are not, people are like a rubber band, maybe. You could stretch them only so far. Once you overstretch them, they snap, and they don't care about what the Chacham say. So the Chacham, we allowed chametav uh, etulam but they never repealed the ban on going into the shvitz on Shabbos. Rava, Man ovid and shari the of Ha'imanda ovid shari the If somebody were to violate, and I guess he's really coming straight off the bat of what we just finished saying, but perhaps he's referring in the general sense as well that even if it's not an Isidara Raisa, even if somebody's only violating a drabanan, you may call them an Avreina, a, a, a somebody who's a Baal Avera. Why is that a Chiddish? Because really that person didn't mean a Taira, not Midar Raisa, they didn't do anything, they didn't do anything uh, wrong. Only Midrannan. Kiman, whose opinion does that follow? Says the Gemara on top of Mem Ahmed Baez, Tana like the Tana that taught us, in fact, in a Mishnah. I'm back to like we just mentioned. The bathhouses of the large cities, You're allowed to walk through, and you don't have to be worried about being accused of a uh, of a crime. What crime would you be accused of? You'd be accused of sitting in the of going into steam in the bathhouse after the Chachamim forbid it, and you wouldn't, and you'd be labeled an Avrayna. And therefore, the Tana taught us that if it's in a city and people, the normal thing was to walk through it, therefore they allowed you to do it, um, uh, and and without being labeled an navraina. Amar Rava, Davka and that that they were lenient was only cities and not, and not, and not villages. My time, When you have a small room to walk through, even if you're going just to the sink, but if it's a small city, they'll likely have only a small bathhouse, and therefore you will end up steaming, even if you're just walking, uh, they, they get very hot. However, in um, a large city where they have proper facilities, they have enough r- rooms, separate rooms, you can walk through without actually getting, without actually steaming. But this, I think, I think the chat is that, this that we said, that you can go into it, below like, you don't have to be worry, what we're saying is you don't, have to be, you don't have to worry about them saying, about the town talking about you and saying that you are an Avreina, that you are labeled a transgressor since, we know that the transgressor, uh, since we know that you're not actually going to be steaming while you're in there. Says the Gemara, four lines down. You are allowed on Shabbos to stand in front of a fire, take a shower in cold water or wash oneself off in cold water, that as and then heat yourself up by the fire. As long as you heat yourself up first and then take a shower. What we're afraid of is you're going to go into a cold shower and then stand by the fire and warm up the droplets that are on you, and that would be a problem of heating up water on Shabbos. on. So what happens if you need to be warmed up on Shabbos? Now, luntis is a towel. You can take a towel. A person, for example, if they have a stomachache, so you would take the you would take the towel and warm it up and put it on your stomach. However, you can't take a hot water bottle, or a, a kettle of hot water, really, That's a, and put that on your body on Shabbos. Because, uh, what we don't allow you to do is put a kettle of hot water on the towel, on the Aluntis, because we're afraid that the water will spill, uh, that the Um, The way Tesis explains it Is We're afraid the water will get on the towel And you'll come to Skhita Or Refua It seems like uh, it's not clear exactly What the Gemara meant to tell you the Isser is Uh, Rashi says That it's going to end up You're going to end up using the hot water that you bring To use as like a stomach compress To wash your stomach with Tesis learns that you'll come to make a wet rag with it. So you would not be allowed to wash, to bring the hot towel or a towel with hot water onto your body. So even during the week, you're not allowed to do that because you may come to burn yourself. In fact, everybody knows, right? They have these special uh, hot water, uh, not what they're called, but uh, I think they were much more common when I was younger. These hot water, uh, rubber, hot water packs, compresses, that you could put behind your head or something. But obviously, it's made in a way that you won't get burnt from the hot water that's inside it. But to try and make a homemade contraption where you put a towel and you put a pot of hot water on top of that towel on top of your stomach in order to warm up your muscles to give you relief, that would not be allowed even during the week because of the inherent danger. Ton rub Says the Gemara as follows, maybe, so continuing on in various bishol Shilas, Tan maybe Now this is actually a fantastic um, heter. I don't want to get into Allah the but it is good to know this. And if a person has freezing cold water and they want to warm it up, in order that it should be, it shouldn't be so cold, you're allowed to put it next to the fire on Shabbos, according to the Tanakama. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi goes even further and says, You can take even oil, which is cold, uh, and put it next to the fire to heat it up, um, to heat it up, as long as you're not doing it with intent of warming, making it hot, but rather heating it up, to take away the cold. So it could be that there'll be a crossover temperature where you're really overlapping and it starts to heat up, but your intention was solely to take away the chill from it. And therefore, it's muter. Rabbi Shem Ben says what you should do is, Isha sicha yada shemen keneged madura libna cotton that a woman can put hand oil in her hand and heat up her hands by the fire and then use it to smear on her son. Perhaps it's a newborn. Uh, in order that we should, um, in order that we should have a, uh, in order that we should have warm oil for the child on Shabbos, and this is a way that it's permitted. Perhaps the only dafiyayim mishir That has the mile, a mile, and a newborn boy all at the same share. Uh, Mazatav on that. Big big Simcha, big Simcha. We were making arrangements before, but we're going to finish up after that. Ibai lehu, Shemen Mahu, Ibai lehu, Shemen Mahu, Litanakama. So this was for our Shem Gamaliel, Rebbe Yehuda, and Litanakama. We had three different opinions. But the Tanakama was very careful, very cautious. Tanakama really only addressed the case of water and didn't get into any other cases. Shem and Mahu. What's the Tanakama? What is the Tanakama's opinion who allowed you to remove the chill from water next to the fire on Shabbos? What would he say regarding oil, which Rabbi Yehuda was lenient with? Rabbi 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 Maqhlikis Amaram Rabyeshev and Nachman, whether Tanaka would have been lenient to that oil or not. Now, usually the rule is when a Tana omits a leniency, it's because he meant he he didn't want to teach us that khidish. And here we have Maqlaikis whether he omitted that intentionally or not. According to Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef, they must hold that the Tanakama doesn't believe there's such an Isra of Bishel. There's no prohibition of cooking when it comes to uh, to oil oil is not it is a cooked item already it doesn't get more cooked and therefore the Tanakama is completely lenient and this that Rebbe Yehuda argued Rebbe Yehuda was actually the stringent one and Rebbe Yehuda said uh, of course there's a problem with cooking oil on Shabbos however warming up to remove the cold is not considered cooking and Rav Shema Gamliel came along and says even that is a problem of cooking but once it's on your hand and you're warming up your hand that would be a permissible way to do it. Reb so the Gemara four wide lines down on Memamadetz, Reb nachm How why does he say the Tanakhama actually forbid oil even when you are just trying to remove the thaw, the cold? Afapishah, anyatzah, it is considered bishol. It is considered bishol. So certainly you can't cook it and even to just put it next to the fire to take off the chill from the oil he holds that is in the category of cooking already and therefore Yehuda is more lenient and Shimon Gamliel says you can only do it in the fashion where you put the oil on your hands says the Gemara of Gamliel hainu isn't that the same opinion as the Tana They both agree that oil cannot be cooked on Shabbos and placing it next to a fire to remove the thaw of the oil, to remove the chill, would still be considered cooking. And the only way it's permitted to do it is on your hand. Says, no, in fact, they're not the same opinion because Yub Gamliel is telling you that since you put it first on your hands, Therefore, since you put it first on your hands, therefore there's no problem with there's no problem with uh, putting it next your hands next to the fire. However, according to the Tanakama, that's not considered enough of a shinoi. That's not enough of a change to be considered not normal use that would allow you to get out of an Iser on, on Shabbos in a necessary, in the manner where it was really necessary. And the Tanakama is stringent in this regard that under no circumstances does he allow uh, you to put oil next to the fire. So what is the Halakha? Says the Gemara about seven wide lines down. Uh, Seven, seven, one, um, seven wide lines down. Mem Bays. Am Huda shaman Shem and Ein Doesn't matter whether it's water or oil, like the Tanakama, we don't differentiate. It depends how hot it is. And if you're going to heat it up to Yadzeh Ledesbay, which we're about to address what that means, literally translates with the hand, Solda becomes scolded from it, jumps back from it. It is a problem. The heichidam yadse This must be a very famous gemara. What is considered to be yadse by That if you heat something up to that temperature on Shabbos, or if you use a fire that's capable in a, in a location of the item that's capable of heating it up to yadse by that that would be prohibited a uh, yad how much is yad so lad so led this says if it's hot enough that a baby's stomach will uh get burnt from it will recoil from it then it's already considered and that must be a lower temperature uh, you would assume a baby is very sensitive so that is already considered too hot to cook with one of these famous stories probably belongs more in the Gemara and Brachas than the Gemara here. But when it came to uh, learning Halacha, we said and you have to learn it. So he followed his Rebbe into the bathhouse, and I asked him if I can put. Uh, uh, he, he said to me, "Put uh, oil." Into, into a jar. Uh, if I put oil into a jar in the, it, sorry, I had a jar of oil and I wanted to put it in the ambatya to warm up. Well, Amali, and he responded to me, the tape and he told me, you can't do that. Rather, take some water from the Ambatya from the bathhouse, and then use that in a jar and use that water where it already be a cliché to heat up the oil. Shemami no and from there I learned three very important halachas. Shemami Shemin yeshim Going back to the previous discussion we had, I now see that the halacha is that shemin is considered uncooked, and therefore the prohibitions of cooking it on Shabbos will apply to oil. Shema no cliche that if you want to cook something in a secondary pot where it was not the actual item that was on or poured from a vessel which was on the fire it does not bring you to the prohibited level of cooking on shabbos and even to warm it up because that's all i wanted to do is warm up the oil in the bathhouse and still he told me that it's not allowed Obviously, that's considered just warming up is also considered cooking. And that would answer up all the halachic questions from the previous discussion. Says the Gemara, What are you giving a whole shit on Hilcha Shabbos? You're learning all the laws of Shabbos in the bathhouse. How could you do that? Don't we know that you're not allowed to learn halacha in the bathhouse. It's not exactly a besmedrash. It's not a place to give a shi'er on Hoche's Shabbos. So he's, now, I understood the story to say that the Talmud learned it from the actions as opposed to being explicitly told that this is the halacha. But it seems like he, Yehuda, told him, uh, don't fill it up, rather fill it. Uh, take water I'm, I'm not the Gemara certainly sees that there was too much T.M.I., too much halachic guidance given in the mish in, in the bathhouse. And perhaps you'll say he said it to him like in English, in uh, in, in, uh, in not in Hebrew, in a foreign language. Didn't we uh, Didn't we learn? Didn't Abaye teach us? That even in the bathhouse, you're not allowed to teach matters of Kodesh, even in Russian and Chol. You can't give a shear in English in a bathhouse. Obviously, if somebody's about to transgress a prohibition, you're allowed to jump up and interrupt and stop them from violating the halacha. I'll bring you a proof. So we know we had a story of a Talmud of Rabbi Meir that followed him also into the bathhouse, into the base of Merchatz, and he wanted to clean the floor. Uh, he wanted to sweep the floor, and Rabbi Meir told him, you can't do that. So he said, boy karka. he asked Rabbi Meir if he could just... Uh, I guess uh, br- br- brush it off, but not completely. Uh, he wanted to put oil down on the floor to smear it. ain't and Rameer told him on Shabbos not to do that. I'm the shani. So we see that when somebody's imminently about to violate a halacha, you're allowed to jump up and interfere and stop and stop that. Stop them from doing it. Ah, so says the Gemara, now we're gonna come back full circle. I hope everybody's ready for this. Omar Avinah, he told me that he said that he was not allowed to stick a jar of oil into the bathhouse, into the hot water of the bathhouse, but only heat it up with a cliche, because you can only cook with a cliche. but cooking in hot water, which is being heated at the source, is considered a form of cooking, how could you cook in the in, if somebody were to cook in in the springs of in the chametz in the natural springs? That shouldn't be any different than the Ambatya, than the bathhouse, and and we see that he told them that it's forbidden. Says the Gemara, potter." I didn't, Rav Chizda, say that in fact you're potter, which doesn't mean that it's mutter, but it means that it's potter that you're, 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 you're you don't get punished. Potter Aser. Potter Aser. Says the Gemara, nami uh, mardos." What did Ravina mean? Ravina said that uh, it would only be. Chiyav uh, drabban Ravina never meant to tell us Talmud that it, uh, it Reb, Reb Yehuda never meant to tell us Talmud in the bathhouse that it's uh, going to be Malchus. So, uh, in fa- so in fact, we don't have a. It's it, it is only an Issa drabbanam. Am Reb Zera Anoch Bavo the shat bambati veledani aike idloi so now we're already getting into everybody's private business. Um says, it's a good thing nobody invited him to Hollywood. I saw Rabbi Bo swimming or floating in the in the bathhouse. I don't know if he was actually swimming with his feet, like kicking his feet off the ground. Or he was just wading into the taibel to or to wash off, and he ended up, uh, and it looked like he was swimming. It says, she did the layaker. Uh, What's the question? If you see a rabbi doing something and you have a choice to assume he did it in a forbidden way or permissible way, of course he did it in a permissible way. We said a person is not allowed to swim on Shabbos, even if it's in their courtyard. Um, uh, even if it's in the uh, courtyard uh, where there's no question of carrying and we still say that you're not allowed to swim there says the gemara and that by the way there's a great marimakum. if you look in the Ayan mishpat so we quote simon shinlamates the one of the great maramkams for answering the very complicated contemporary question may one swim on Shabbos in a pool says the gemara like it depends on the style of the pool, whether there was a, uh, a lip or not, whether it had uh, walls or not to hold on to, and whether it's considered more like an, um, a lake or, a, or more lake. Like a lake. So if it has a lip to it, it has uh, walls to it. So then you know clearly it's not like a lake, ocean, or river, which would be a, a more significant problem of swimming on Shabbos because either he'll end up swimming more than uh, out of the tchum or you'll end up needing to build a raft or one of the various other halachic reasons why you can't swim in a lake on Shabbos. But where there is gedudeh, where there is a lip, perhaps that whole halacha of la yishud Adam Bebrechim leh Even when there's no chashash chum, the whole iser over there is only talking about where there's no walls to it. And that's why he held that it was Mutter to swim on Shabbos. But we still don't know whether he actually did so or not.